If you love Snapped, Women Who Murder, you're going to love listening to true crime or mystery titles on Audible. The audio title I'm diving into again is one of my favorites to revisit, Mindhunter by John Douglas and Mark Ulshaker. Even if you think you know the details of the cases, former FBI unit chief John Douglas took on from documentaries or the scripted show, the audio title goes above and beyond in bringing you along with him in his career, trying to catch serial killers and serial perpetrators. He used psychological profiling to dive into the minds of notorious criminals. The title includes his hunt for a killer in Alaska, the Green River Killer, and so much more. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. It is the home of storytelling after all. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text snapped to 500-500. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. He was an officer in the Navy serving his country. She was his charismatic wife holding down the fort. They really looked like the perfect military family. They had a lovely home. They had two young children. Until this Navy man meets a tragic fate on the night of his return from deployment. It was a bloody scene, and his wedding band on his left hand was covered in blood. At first, all clues point to a chance encounter. You would think it was a random act. The story of the robbery gone bad. But appearances can be deceiving. She was still a party girl. It didn't matter that she had two children at home. The investigation would reveal a deadly romance built on fantasy. His MySpace account talks about how he has all this money, He's a famous photographer, filmmaker. He was none of the things that he said he was. At the center of this twisted plot is a stunning blend of lies, lust, and greed. She was spending exorbitant amounts of money. It was never enough. You could never have enough. You're a manipulative person. No, I am not. She thought she was going to get away with this. What did she ask you to do? She asked me to take him out. Newport News, Virginia, 2007. Newport News, Virginia is in close proximity to Norfolk, Virginia. Naval Station Norfolk is the largest Navy base in the world. It has a large military population, uh, specifically sailors and, and Naval personnel assigned to the surrounding bases. At just after 6 a.m. on April 29th, local authorities receive a call that one of those sailors may be in peril. 
Japanese police and fire. Hi, um, I'm fit to see if my husband's gone into an accident or something in Newport News. The 911 caller, 32-year-old Kat Voss, reports that her 30-year-old husband, Navy Ensign Corey Voss, didn't come home the night before. She basically gives them the information about how she sent him to the ATM the night prior to get money so that she could have money to give the kids for their lunches the next day at school, and he never returned. She had contacted the ship and hospitals looking for him. She was very worried and nervous because this is certainly not in keeping with his uh, personality. Within hours of filing the missing persons report, another 911 call comes in. This time from a woman at an area strip mall just down the road from the Voss home. A woman who was working at a doctor's office actually was walking to work from her parked car saw a man slumped over in the driver's seat of his truck. She called it in because it was a suspicious vehicle, and this man needed help immediately. When the police came, they realized that it matched the description of the vehicle that Kat had reported missing earlier that day. He was discovered deceased in his vehicle. And at this point, it's deemed a, a homicide investigation. The victim also matches the physical description of Corey Voss. Police run the license plate number, and the truck belongs to Corey. When homicide detectives arrive, they quickly establish the cause of death. They discovered that Corey had been shot multiple times. It was a very graphic crime scene. He had been shot five times in the abdomen, chest, and arm. It was a bloody scene, and his the wedding band on his left hand was covered in blood. For something like this to happen to an active service member was especially upsetting and shocking to absolutely everybody. At first glance, investigators wonder if robbery could be in play. Normally, people that are, you know, trying to commit a robbery or trying to get in and out very quickly, drawing as little attention as possible to them. So it seemed like a bit of overkill for just a, a, a random robbery. Why was he shot so many times? All those are red flags to investigators where we have to dig deeper into the background of everyone who's involved in Corey's life. Corey Voss was born in 1977 in the blue-collar town of Berwyn, Illinois. Corey Voss grew up in a really loving, close-knit family, but he had been kind of a wild young man. His mother had been a little concerned because uh, he hung out with the wrong crowd, but she always had confidence that Corey would find himself and straighten himself out. When he turned 18, Corey dropped out of high school but he was determined to make his family proud and began taking steps towards a career in the military. He took a test for um, getting into like the military trade, scored really well, and that's when he was like, okay, get my GED, and I'm gonna go and see how far I can get with it. He enlisted in the Navy. 
he was a hard worker and he was smart, it was really where he belonged. After his training was complete, Corey was stationed at Naval Station Norfolk in Norfolk, Virginia. Corey's superiors uh, saw a lot of potential in him. And while he was there, they helped him uh, get his degree, his four-year degree. In 1999, with Corey's naval career sailing strong, his personal life caught wind as well. Corey Voss goes out with his friends for a regular night of having fun, and there he meets Kat Wiggins, who's also out that night partying with her friends. She was curvaceous and blonde and really got the attention of men easily because she was super outgoing, very bubbly personality. She was the, the life of the party. For Corey, 24-year-old Kat's alluring accent was also a draw. She told Corey that she was raised in the Ukraine by a Ukrainian father and American mother and then moved back to the States in Newport News when she was in the eighth or ninth grade. Corey was completely smitten with her, and those two really hit it off that night. Just three months into their whirlwind relationship, Kat revealed some exciting news to Corey. Kat was pregnant, and she was pregnant with Corey's child. Ready to start a family, Kat gave birth to their daughter Casey in 2000. And one year later, the couple welcomed a son, Corey Jr. They really looked like the perfect military family. They had a lovely home, they had two young children. In 2005, Corey earned his commission as an officer, and he did his best to give his wife the American lifestyle she envisioned. They had a middle class to a fairly well-off lifestyle for Newport News, where, you know, she didn't have to work. They lived in a nice, nicer part of town. They seemed to be pretty comfortable financially. Corey made the most of his time at home, knowing that his next deployment was always just around the corner. He was a great father. He just, he did everything for us, you know. He, uh, he took us to places and he, uh, he played sports with me. He played baseball. My first memory was riding bikes with him. He would take me and my brother out doors and go on trails. That was his thing. He just always wanted to take me and my brother and go outdoors and just, like, do whatever we could. However, duty called once again in January of 2007. Corey left his young family behind as he deployed aboard the USS Elrod. Several months later, when Corey returned from overseas, his family was there to greet him. Kat even prepared a romantic dinner on April 28th for his first night home. Corey is just home from deployment, and he and Kat are spending time at home over a candlelight dinner. They'd had a nice dinner, it was time for bed, and Kat realized that she didn't have money for the children's lunches, and so she sent her husband to uh, the ATM right down the road to get money. Only Corey never returned. By 6 a.m., Kat had reported her husband missing. A few hours later, 
Norfolk police officers identified Corey's body in the front seat of his pickup truck. The logical assumption would be that he had been shot in the commission of a robbery since he had gone to the ATM the night before. Just based on that, you would think it was a random act. The story of the robbery gone bad sounded plausible. We're looking for obvious things, any damage. There's a indication of any sort of fight in the vehicle, any sort of struggle in the vehicle, and whether anything was stolen. While no interior items seem to be out of place, authorities note that the truck's tailgate is down and its front left hubcap is missing. We needed to determine what the motive was for this killing, and we needed to catch his killer or killers. Coming up, having avoided danger on the high seas, had Corey come home only to fall victim to a random robbery? You see an unknown individual dressed in all black enter Corey's truck from the passenger side and point a weapon at him. Or was this sailor already behind enemy lines? It's overkill, it's personal. The motive is not simply a robbery. After finding 30-year-old Corey Voss shot to death in his pickup truck, detectives with the Newport News Police Department suspect that the Virginia-based Navy officer may have been the victim of a robbery gone awry. Now they face the difficult task of notifying Corey's wife, Kat, of his death. Authorities go to her home to inform her that they have found her husband and that he was dead. And Kat, she instantly uh, was hysterical and emotional and crying uh, and very upset to the point where the authorities thought they might have to take her to the hospital. Kat is given time to collect herself. Eventually, she recounts the events leading up to Corey's disappearance. Corey Voss had just returned from a deployment aboard the USS Elride. He and Kat had had a romantic dinner. The kids were in bed. Corey had left about 11 o'clock that evening to go to the ATM to withdraw some money for the kids' lunch, and then he did not come back home. Kat says she became very worried when she awoke and realized Corey still hadn't returned home. Kat contacts the ship to see if he may have returned for any reason. She also contacted the local hospitals, and as well as Newport News Police Department to ascertain if anyone had been involved in a traffic accident, of which Newport News Police Department told her that they had had no traffic accidents that evening. So Kat reports him as missing. News of the sailor's death hits Corey's two young kids the hardest. They take me and my brother, you know, into our rooms and kind of just like tell us. And it was like the worst experience ever. Dropped to the floor, like didn't even, couldn't even really comprehend at that age. You know that they're gone. 
I think it's something that you would see in like a movie or just something that doesn't seem real. Investigators next move is to notify the naval station that one of their own has been killed and word spreads like wildfire. When one of our Navy members are uh, involved in some sort of crime or a victim of some sort of crime, NCIS is usually assigned to that local police department to assist them. It was obviously on the news, in the media, and you know to have an active duty Naval member killed. And obviously, at first, you know, you don't have any uh, witnesses, you don't have any suspects. Um, so to happen in this community was very shocking and concerning to the residents. In hopes of seeing who may have attacked Corey, investigators acquire surveillance footage from the Langley Federal Credit Union, where Kat believes Corey had gone to withdraw money. The footage was very grainy, but it did show that Corey came to the ATM and he was attempting to withdraw money. He attempted three times to withdraw money. We actually pulled the ATM transactions from there, and we see that Corey attempts to withdraw $60. That came back insufficient funds. Same thing with $40, same thing with $20. The video shows Corey returning to his truck. Moments later, Corey is taken by surprise. On the surveillance video of the bank, you see an unknown individual dressed in all black enter Corey's truck from the passenger side and point a weapon at him. The view was somewhat obstructed and blocked to further identify that person. You see the car drive away. We assume that based on the location where Corey's vehicle was found, adjacent to the bank, that they, they just pulled off and then Corey was shot and killed in his vehicle. Based on the limited number of facts known at the time, it was a consideration that this individual is trying to, to commit a robbery, hoping to get an amount of money and then gets angered because they don't get any money. The more detectives consider this theory, the more unlikely they find it. People that are gonna commit robbery, they wanna do their business, get some sort of tangible thing from that person, whatever that might be, and leave and get out of there. This particular instance with the murder of Corey is overkill. So this seemed like it was something personal. Investigators take a deep dive into Corey's life to see if they can identify any possible enemies. When talking with Corey's um, executive officer and, and other individuals that work with him on the ship and, and in the Navy, no one had anything bad to say about Corey. When investigators circle back to Corey's bereaved widow, she too struggles to identify a motive. So no indication that there was anything amiss at home. It all seemed that he had a good marriage with Kat. 
His family life seemed normal. Authorities were stumped uh, as to who might want to harm Corey Voss. He was so well-loved. They were going on not knowing uh, where to turn next. Then, within 24 hours of Corey's death, a phone call comes in that offers up hope. The turning point in the investigation is when Newport News Police Department receives a call on their tip line. They find out Cat Boss was having affairs with men while Corey was deployed. Coming up, the caller reveals the depths of Cat's deception. Cat Boss was bringing men home on a regular basis while her children were asleep upstairs. And sinister desires come to the surface. He wanted to have Corey's life. He wanted to be Corey. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Don't waste time on apps that don't work. Babbel's conversation-based teaching prepares you for real-life situations. And studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash truecrime. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash truecrime, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash truecrime. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. You hear that? That's the sound of another sale with Shopify, your go-to for selling everywhere, online, in-store, and even on social media. Shopify POS is like the central hub for your retail operation. From payments to inventory, it's all there. Got different gadgets? No worries. Shopify's hardware is adaptable, fitting in just how you do business. Start transforming your retail business with an incredible offer. A trial for just $1 per month at shopify.com slash Wondery. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash Wondery. Take the leap and upgrade your point of sale solution with Shopify. Visit shopify.com slash Wondery and start your trial today. 24 hours after 30-year-old naval officer and father of two, Corey Voss, was found shot to death in a strip mall parking lot, Investigators have yet to identify a suspect in his murder. They interviewed his colleagues on the ship, his friends, his family, and from all intents and purposes, it seemed like Corey had no enemies. He was a great guy, which made it very difficult to figure out who wanted Corey Voss dead. Then, on April 30th, a tip line set up by the Municipal and Federal Task Force investigating Corey's death yields a promising lead. There was a call that came in, and the individual indicated that the police need to take a closer look at Kat. That person was one of Kat Voss's best friends. She had spent a lot of time with her and had a lot of knowledge on the inner workings of Kat Voss's life. As soon as she saw news footage that morning of a truck with a murdered Corey Voss in it, she knew to call the authorities. 
Pat's longtime friend, Ashley Doyle, arrives at the Newport News Police Department ready for an interview. They would learn from Ashley Doyle that Pat was still a party girl. It didn't matter that she had two children at home. Pat was an individual who craved attention, and certainly from men. She loved the fact that when Corey was gone and he was deployed, that she had the freedom to go out. Kat Voss was bringing men home on a regular basis while her children were asleep upstairs to have any number of sexual affairs. Ashley reveals that Kat had a unique tactic when it came to attracting the opposite sex. Ashley, you know, disclosed that she would often be at the bars portraying a Ukrainian accent. But according to Ashley, Kat wasn't even born there. She was born and grew up in Newport News, Virginia. It was just a way for her to seem exotic and seem cool or seem different. She liked the idea of being from somewhere else, so she tried to play that part. Kat even told Corey's family that she was from Ukraine. Um, she spoke with an accent all the time. We're starting to see Kat is a very selfish person and looked out for herself at the expense of others. Ashley says in late 2006, during Corey's deployment several months before his murder, Kat began a full-blown relationship with a man she met online, Michael Draven. Kat had met an individual on MySpace by the name of Michael Draven, who was essentially her boyfriend. Investigators find Michael Draven has a robust online presence. His MySpace account talks about how he has all this money. He's a famous photographer, filmmaker. He put forth a fascinating profile. Eyeliner, fedora, movie maker, making six figures in a really lovely home. He seemed to be an up-and-coming photographer and really a mover and shaker in the world. But as investigators dig deeper, they find that, like Kat, Michael also enjoyed pretending to be someone he wasn't. Michael Draven is not his real name. Michael Draven was none of the things that he said he was. His name was Anthony Neff. He lived with his mother in Newport News, Virginia, and to earn money, he delivered papers. So he didn't have this successful filmmaking career as he portrayed himself to having. We learned through his family, he had actually changed his name to Michael Draven to mirror the, the character out of the movie, The Crow. Michael Draven and Kat Voss were a perfect match because neither of them were real people. They were both people who had giant outsized imaginations of who they actually were in life. But the biggest red flag comes when investigators look at Michael's social media posts in the days following Corey's death. Draven was actually posting photos of Kat and Corey's children, indicating that they were his children. Michael Draven wanted to be Corey. He wanted to have Corey's life and be involved with Kat and the children, just like as if he were her husband and 
he was their father. Did Michael go so far in his desire to be Corey to actually kill? And was Kat pulling the strings? Investigators decide to take a look at Kat's financial records. Kat is the, the spouse of the next of kin of Corey. Upon his death, pretty immediately received a $100,000 death benefit from the military. That's you know normally paid out fairly quickly. While the case stalls, detectives keep a close watch on Kat's accounts. And in the three months following Corey's murder, they notice her spending has spiraled out of control. She was spending exorbitant amounts of money. She went on a trip to the Outer Banks of North Carolina with Michael Draven and with the children, spending money at the hotel, restaurants, jewelry, clothing. She put Draven up in an apartment and paid the rent for this apartment so that he was able to move out of the trailer with his mom. Kat had blown through that money in about three months, the entire $100,000 she had blown. Kat was initially due an additional $400,000 from Corey's life insurance policy. However, before she could receive the full amount, she had to be cleared of any involvement or any wrongdoing uh, related to the death of Corey. Unbeknownst to her, the detectives had put a hold on her money because she was under investigation. Now, Kat did not know that at the time, and she was obviously getting very upset because she wasn't getting the rest of her money. Kat was sending emails to the insurance company discussing about how difficult it was for her psychologically, emotionally, that she was unable to pay her bills. Obviously, receiving this money and how quickly she burned through the money and what she was spending it on was a clue to us that perhaps the motive for this killing was money. Investigators have plenty of suspicions, but what they need is proof. They place wiretaps on both Kat and Michael's cell phones. The move works. The couple begins communicating almost nonstop. They're speaking to each other constantly. It's very clear, though, that they're nervous and very scared of what's going to happen next. We want more money. More money. Coming up, investigators close in on a new suspect. Said that you and David was talking. Uh-huh. All of us just gasped because it was a surreal moment. You don't get this every day. And when investigators confront Michael Draven, his loyalty to Kat will be tested. And you could not do that? No, I, I, I can't tell a person. In the months after the murder of U.S. Navy Ensign Corey Voss, investigators are squarely focused on his wife, Kat, and her lover, Michael Draven. So we had wiretaps on Draven and Kat's cell phones and home phones. The whole point of the wiretap was to try to elicit conversations between them so that we could determine whether, number one, confirm their relationship, 
also determine if they talk about Corey's murder. During the review of these conversations, Kat indicated that she had been talking to someone named David. You and David was talking. Uh-huh. You told him what's going on? Yes, I did. He wanted my money. More money? Yeah. So that led to who is this David and what is his involvement with this investigation? Once that name was being said, we researched Draven's MySpace account and determined that he had a friend by the name of David Runyon. What we learned about David Runyon was that he was, in fact, in the Army. At one point, he was a sharpshooter in the Army. On December 11th, almost eight months after Corey's murder, detectives make a bold move. They staked out his home, and as soon as uh, David Runyon left, they executed a search warrant. Within that residence at the trailer, we located a backpack that belonged to David Runyon. And in that backpack, we found a handwritten uh, shopping list. And on that list was a tarp, boots, a knife, and a black hooded sweatshirt. That's very important because the individual that entered Corey's vehicle at the ATM at Langley Federal Credit Union was wearing all black. We found a box of Winchester 357 ammunition. Five rounds were missing from that box, which is important because there were five rounds fired at Corey Voss. And ultimately, you know, that is what killed him. After trailing David Runyon, officers pull him over and place him under arrest. David was cooperative, seemingly unfazed by the traffic stop, didn't show any emotion to the police or to the, the agents that were there. We conducted the search of his vehicle at that time. In the center console of the vehicle, underneath the compartment, we discovered um, a photograph of Kat and Draven, and we also discovered a map of the Tidewater, Virginia area. The map offers the most damning clue. What was important about this map was handwritten on the map, Corey's name. Also, Langley Federal Credit Union, and a description of Corey's car down to the part that his tailgate on his truck would be down and that he was missing a hubcap. When we found the map in the vehicle, all of us just gasped because it was a surreal moment. You don't get this every day. 27-year-old David is arrested on the spot and taken in for questioning. You've got a map in the console of your truck right. of Newport News, Virginia. Right. And somewhere in here, you've got written Langley Federal Credit Union, uh, 97 Gray Ford Ranger, hubcap missing, tailgate down, J. Morris Boulevard, Corey. Could you explain that for me? Um, I don't remember writing that. 
you have a picture of Michael Draven yes. and Cat Boss. All we're asking you to do is confirm what we already know. We're asking you to tell us that Cat and Draven put you up to this. They're going to make you out to be a monster, man. You're going to be, you're going to be a hired killer. No matter how much pressure investigators exert, David remains unfazed. I don't know, it sounds like to me I need to get a lawyer. Word of David's arrest has somehow made its way to Michael and Kat. Wire was still up. We were still monitoring conversations uh, between Kat and Draven. And at that point in time, they had learned that uh, David had been arrested for Corey's murder, and Draven was completely agitated about this news and very um, distraught. Once they begin their search for Michael, investigators don't have a hard time finding him. Michael Draven was so despondent that people called in reporting seeing this man wandering around Newport News looking very upset and sad, potentially suicidal. And authorities were really worried at that point that Michael Draven would kill himself and that they wouldn't be able to question him. So they immediately went out looking for him. They located him essentially roaming around on the street. And that's when they picked him up and, and transported him to the police station to interview him. At the police station, Michael is ready to tell all and readily admits his involvement in the plan to kill Corey Voss. Michael tells them that back in January, Kat first brought up the idea of murdering Corey, and she wanted Michael to do it. What did she ask you to do? She asked me to take him out. Well, what did that mean to you? Shoot him or strangle him or kill him? And you could not do that. No, I, I, I can't kill a person. But Michael says he didn't have to look further than his friend, David Runyon. Michael Draven met Runyon at the hospital. They were um, both human guinea pigs. They would get, you know, locked up for a week or two, get paid money to take these uh, experimental drugs. So Michael Draven asks David Runyon if he knew anybody that could kill somebody for him. David Runyon says he's happy to do that himself. David Runyon's uh, motivation was money. And he saw an opportunity. Um, and when it presented himself, he jumped on it. Once Michael Draven figures out that David Runyon is all in, the three start communicating, Kat, Michael, and David, to figure out a plan. The plan was that, you know, Kat would obviously create this ruse, so to speak, to send Corey to the Langley Federal Credit Union ATM on this particular night, around this particular time, and that she and Michael had coordinated with David to make it look like a robbery and, in fact, kill Corey. Kat and David agree on the amount, the $20,000, that he's going to get for killing Corey Voss. According to Michael, nine days before the murder, Kat took one final step in preparation. Kat 
had opened the account at the credit union prior to his death, setting up the location of the murder just a couple of miles away from their home. Coming up, the tables turn as now Cat is the one falling into a trap. I'm so old in this place and I'm freaking out, okay? I'm trying to get here right now. And faced with the truth, Cat bears all. What was the idea? For um, him to find someone to take Corey out. In his confession on December 13, 2007, Michael Draven admitted to participating in the murder-for-hire plot that claimed the life of Naval Officer Corey Voss. Michael says on the night of April 29, 2007, Kat sent Corey out on an errand that she hoped he would never return from. She sends him out to the ATM and asks him to withdraw money. Um, he goes to the ATM, like the dutiful husband, doing what his wife had asked him to do. But the bank account only had $5 in it, due to the fact that Kat had recently uh, opened that account, and it was a minimum of $5 to open it, which is why when Corey was trying to withdraw the money from the ATM, he could not withdraw the money due to insufficient funds. Investigators believe Kat purposely left insufficient funds in the account to give hired hitman David Runyon enough time to ambush Corey. Once in the truck, David ordered Corey to drive to a strip mall parking lot across the street. When he pulls into the parking lot across the street from the ATM, he shoots Corey Voss five times. Michael insists that he wasn't present for the murder, only the planning. Draven was totally blindsided with love um, with Kat, but I also believe that Kat controlled him. Despite the recorded conversation about paying David Runyon, Michael claims they never gave him anything. She never gave him anything. I never gave him anything. Investigators are ready to arrest Kat, and they ask for Michael's help. Newport News Police had uh, Draven call Kat from the police station and tell her that he had been questioned and he was being released, and that she needed to come and pick him up. I'm so old in this place, and I'm freaking out, okay? I'm trying to get here right now. Cops were hiding and waiting for her to pull up, and as soon as she does, they take her into custody and bring her inside for an interrogation. During the interview, detectives immediately notice Kat has dropped the Ukrainian accent. And without preamble, she places blame for the murder on Michael Draven. I feel like I'm going to get pushed and pushed, and now I'm mad because I feel like I was used. Bill came up with an idea? No, he came up with this idea. What was the idea? For um, him to find someone to take Corey out. Investigators call her bluff. You're a manipulative person. No, I am not. You've manipulated everyone. 
it was clear that she was not going to take 100% ownership of uh, Corey's murder. And she was, in fact, um, deflecting the blame and indicating that it was not her idea. By the time the case makes its way into the hands of prosecutors in 2008, they are determined to hold all three players accountable. The crime was considered a federal one and not a local or a state one because of uh, the fact that Corey Voss was a military member. The feds initially wanted to get the death penalty against all three of them. Kat ended up taking a plea because this was a death penalty investigation and case, and she wanted to take that off the table. But it was up to the United States attorney in exchange for her pleading guilty. He gave Kat a life sentence. Both Michael Draven and David Runyon went to trial. For Draven, he was found guilty and sentenced to life uh, without parole. And David Runyon was sentenced to death. With Kat's guilty plea, the motive that investigators suspected all along is confirmed. She thought she was gonna get away with this. She would come out with, you know, $500,000 richer and be able to live her life with uh, Michael Draven. She sought to find men who would support her and her spending ways, but it was never enough. You could never have enough. There is no doubt that Cat Boss was the driving force uh, behind Corey's death. Clearly, she stopped at nothing to get what she wanted. I feel like I just have nothing to say to my mom after what she did. I don't, I don't know if I would ever forgive her. I want my dad to be remembered as someone who put family first and also worked at bettering themselves so that they could take care of, you know, the legacy they have. Neither Kat nor Michael are eligible for parole. David Runyon sits on federal death row in an Indiana prison. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.